All right, what's going on, guys? It is Overplay Podcast. Here, I'm your boy Jay, and this is Jack. Uh, Jack. So, um, what, oh, what's this? Is this merch? Yeah, it's kind of merch. So, all three listeners, if you are listening and you want a shirt, I can handle three people. So, we have prepped yeah, three so, shirts. Uh, they are uh, 20 bucks, but whatever. They look great. Look at, oh, yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, that puts you that puts you to sleep, huh? That's the sound of quality. Yeah, that's the sound of quality. <laughs> kind of like ASMR, huh? Are you our dad? Anyway, so did I steal that joke? Yeah, I just stole it from him, like literally <laughs> thirty minutes ago. That's not the point. Um, anyway, today we're going to be talking about villains, talking about villainry, um, how to make your uh, villains in Dungeons and Dragons mm. as awesome as you fucking can. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about that. First thing, uh, as far as beasts versus humans, do you do you like? It's a lot of advantages to both. Yeah, the advantages to people is they can talk. Yeah, the only exception. In, there's a few beasts that can talk. Dragons, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, you have a uh, like, uh, yeah, it's very few and far in between, especially ones that also instill fear as well, right? Or that are aren't just like this random beast, right? Dragons, everybody knows dragons. They can they're familiar. They're familiar. Um, you can uh, like smog all those. You can kind of uh, get into it, but uh, I think that a lot of the times um, you get it's a little different with beasts because they don't like you said they can't talk so they have a lot of uh disadvantages as far as like having that dialect between them to make it's, them hated it's hard to stretch them past a session right. if it's a one-off you're there, good there, to there. go and one-off a beast is fine you can have the town is being ransacked by insert creature here but beyond that it's kind of hard to use them as yeah. the main villain um, great secondaries yeah no and i i agree i think that like i said dragons are very as otherwise but again a lot of people like to fight the big beasts right I, we we played with plenty of people that all they want to do that's their goal that's their goal <laughs> is like hey so can we fight the, the biggest area to figure out what you've slayed exactly yeah and uh which isn't as much um it, like i said there there's the disadvantages and advantages the advantages is uh is you have uh, the advantage is they they look more intimidating than humans do, right? Like they look yeah like gods. If you're gonna fight Godzilla or me, well, okay, that's I'm not very intimidating. <laughs> Chuck Liddell, you're gonna fight Chuck Liddell <laughs> or Godzilla, no matter how intimidating Chuck Liddell looks. Uh, you know, Godzilla's gonna beat them. That's a really solid tough guy from 2007. But, yeah, uh, no, that's a good reference. <laughs> I couldn't think of any tough guys now, mostly because they're all just so soft. I don't know. Um, please don't kick my ass, everybody else. Um, but yeah, the, the the advantage is people can talk, so you can have a more ongoing thing. Exactly. Um, they're a little harder to, uh, like as far as like you can go beast, how how high of a CR do you go for your characters, they're right? hard to change too, because humans can level up. Well, not necessarily humans, but characters can level up with the party. So yeah. you have them start out five levels above or whatever, and as the party gets better, that villain gets better with them. Yeah. Creatures, you're a little locked in. You can always modify them, but if you're just grabbing the bestiary and flipping to a creature, you're pretty locked into stats. Yeah. You're going to have the problem either at level one, they're going to be impossible and yeah. decimate your party, 
or at late level, your party's just going to stomp on the creature and it'll be embarrassing. <laughs> well, and then, and then you have to come up with the, the reason why that monster isn't killing your character, right? Of, you know, is Which it giving... Is, that's a tricky thing in all of itself. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if it's a, a beast, you know, what? why is the reason it, it hasn't killed you? We've, we've done a session that was actually one of my favorite sessions of all of them was like Grendel uh, from Beowulf. Great uh, I mean, obviously, it wasn't just the beast, right? The beast was honestly a very small part of it. So you have to do, and and that kind of in lies like what, uh, you know, what what you have to. You obviously you have to surround it with a lot of things. If you're going to have a beast as your main bad guy, like a lot of guys like to have the Tarask as their. Um, That's always the the big big bad because it's yeah it's the highest it level. It used to be that you flip to the end of the bestiary by CR and there it is. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you have that, you have something that is super strong, super. Um, I mean, it's unkillable. I think right, it just kind of come kind of comes back. So, but you have to. So you have to surround. If you're going to have a beast, you got to surround it with a story to make it interesting. Some sort of situation. Yeah, that actually makes some like uh, you know something we've talked about before making uh goblins a good session if you can make if you just use the just using goblins yeah, right just kobolds yeah just, just take something that is a stereotypical boring creature and make them the whole thing i'm fancy as fuck <laughs> i'm fancy okay i'm so fancy um first things first in the real so uh <laughs> so do, what what do you do you go a high cr do you have one that obviously they know kind of the level that they're going to have to beat. Um, that, that's the reason why I think beasts are kind of a hard one to have your like main end all, right? The exception, you can have a beast that has some sort of master. Yeah. So the beast is the physical half of the dynamic, and but it has something that Calls is in it. charge of it or commands yeah. it, or even if it's the servant of it that just speaks for it, any of those things, but it needs, it needs a voice box. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I think that the, a lot of those... It's harder to do. You you can do it, but I do think it is a little bit harder. So yeah. um, beast versus person, as far as advantages, disadvantages, I think disadvantage kind of goes to the beast because, again, the advantage is intimidation as far as looks. I think it's hard to make an intimidating guy that isn't just this guy with badass armor. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, or he casts some big spell, so everyone's like, oh, he must be high level. Exactly, where you can have a dragon and all of a sudden that is in in and within itself – a reason why you don't mess with it but people you actually have to it's a lot more dynamic you have to add a lot of different variants in like how you have them talk to characters for instance without immediately someone going fireball right like we <laughs> which is the tricky <laughs> situation yeah it's double-sided too so you got to think of why is the villain not just attacking slash killing the player yeah if they first run into him at level three why is the villain not just killing the party at level yeah. three and just moving on and then also why is the party not throwing a fireball when your villain's trying to give his speech exactly <laughs> which i ran into that issue quite a bit with one of mine where i made when this is kind of goes along that back to the beast and the call the like has a uh, master right i made one that was kind of um that it was this old guy and he used a lot of uh, spells and other things to make chimera like half human half beast and he would like send the beast to be the mad scientist mad scientist type yeah. thing right um so you would have that but every time he would get out we had a character with this it was like fireball 
Fireballed him. It could got be a fireball. It could be a player problem yeah. too. No, you gotta yeah, kind no, of. No, yeah. <laughs> you gotta take a look at that. It's either you haven't thought of a good way to a good. You haven't given your players reason to not attack that person yeah. yet. Can you counter or, the fireball? Like if someone's like fireball, you can do things like counterspell, or there's a lot of different things like a force cage where their players are locked in a box. And I never, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought because I again, I think a lot of these as like, uh, like that you would have that they would see it as like a movie, right? And so they would see it as something to. Um, they, they would want to talk to him so that they can get farther in the story because they know it goes on. But you did it. But everyone's yeah. just excited to kill. Exactly. And it's the whole murder hobo problem of everyone just <laughs> murder is the answer to most yeah. problems in D&D. So everyone resorts Sorry, to immediate exactly. murder. Exactly. And so you have uh, so that was a problem that I ran into. You, you, you do a very good job of not. I mean, you have a very good job of like masking that you had. Um, your last one that we played was a great spell caster. So he's able to counterspell a and lot. And that used counterspell and force cage. Yeah, force cage. Like we were talking about. Things just to always put some sort of barrier. Yeah. And I gave his reason for not trying to kill you guys was he was trying to recruit you. He yeah. saw a potential, a possible. So he had a reason of why he didn't just swat you like a fly and yeah, move exactly. along. And I think you got to answer that question beforehand. Because if, if you bring a creature in front of your players, they will try to kill it. Yeah. And if you've statted it, they'll figure out a way to kill exactly. it. <laughs> so and you have to give them reasons why they wouldn't. Exactly. And that, that was one thing in that campaign that I tried multiple times, like different wraparounds around that to see if, you know, that maybe they wouldn't. And every time it, and honestly, um, you ran into that at first with that campaign. Um, we were in a library and same guy. Oh, I swear it's the, it's the same guy. Same type of player. The same type the same of player, person, but, but it could have been. You would have known it, yeah, known it different. <laughs> he immediately was like, again, we're trying to get a book. We're trying to get a book inside of a place. And his, in, in a library. In a library. <laughs> small his, library. His solution was to throw a fireball. Yeah. So, you know, that's we need a book. Yeah, no, that's. Well, it would burn the roof off and you could take the book in. Yeah, easy. I get it. Yeah, no, no, that's no big issue. To be fair, I didn't specify the book couldn't be burned. <laughs> Do you have to? <laughs> that's the problem. Is that's the excuse he would could have brought a pile of ash and just said you did your best. <laughs> I've got the book. It's here it is. Technically, it's somewhere in this ash. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's it's hard. You're always going to have the players that solve all problems with fireballs. Yeah, exactly. It's, that, it's like a meme, isn't it? Like it's like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I throw a fireball, and you're like, but the room was. I said I throw fireball. <laughs> yeah, someone's trying to persuade you, and you're like fireball. Exactly. I mean, it just, it's how you solve all your problems. Um. So you did. I did run into that issue where to I, me, it's you either have to prevent them so something like counterspell or give them a really good reason not to and that's going to depend on your players obviously but on how much your players role play and how much they don't if they are just people who are in it for combat great and if they're just in it for combat maybe go a different route maybe have the mad scientist is sending the monsters from afar yeah (laughs) you just know he's behind it but he's never having much face time in front of the players. Yeah. And when that, that was the problem. That is, way, every time they're faced with a monster that they can throw a fireball at and kill and feel real good about themselves. And they go home with this dead beast and you can still have your villain that's behind the curtain, pulling the strings. Yeah. It is hard to illustrate well, that he is behind the and curtain. And that's what I kind of did was it, the only problem is I didn't get that talking time, right? That like yeah. development of it's, character, which it's is just hard. Cause the movie would cut 
to exactly. the villain. And you can't exactly be like, all right, while you guys are asleep, yeah. this happened. You can't do that. So you do have to have things happen in front of the players. And that's, that's challenging. It is challenging. So uh, that was one thing. But it, another way you could do that is having your villain make like a personal connection with the characters, right? Um, or again, give them multiple reasons. You can kind of bring in your um, having... Uh, multiple reasons why your character can't kill that one. We had that party that, uh, that party. Yeah. That Which party, one? you know, the <laughs> one with, uh, the dinner party. So we, we had an assassins campaign. Yeah. All we did was assassinate people. It was one of my favorite. It was great. That's Very assassins creed kind yeah. of concept. Yeah. A lot of planning. And you had this party that we went to, that was there was multiple things. One, we were in a big city where there was multiple cards and we uh, guards, and we kind of set up that if you keep fighting them, um, you know, obviously there's enough of them. Exactly, the villain. And that's my fault. That was that was my fault. Sorry, guys. Okay. Um, the other thing but to give them stacked reasons of why not. To, yeah. Where it's you know, oh, there's guards in the room. Oh, you probably can't take them in a fight anyway. You know, he wants to kill you as much as you want to kill him. There's all these dinner guests. You can't like. There's a, there's plenty of reasons why it's a terrible yeah. idea to try and cut this guy's head off in the middle of a party. Exactly, <laughs> and that was a good way for us to have this like really. Well, I mean, good enough that we are face to face with the villain. I mean, but all you can do is shake to, his hand. It, all we can do is <laughs> shake his hand, and that was a really cool way of doing it. And I think you do a really good job of that. I'm I'm not as good. I I usually try to set up ways that they can't kill him, and I can kind of just like uh. I can just like bat down their attacks while I keep. Yeah. I think uh, the Holy grail is if you can trick them into not wanting to. Yeah, exactly. That's the best. It's, it's good to prevent, but it's even better if you can make it where they don't even try. Where again, in that last one, you had a character that was kind of like persuading us. Cause he saw, you know, uh, he saw he's trying to recruit he's you. trying to recruit you so he would come up and we're like hey everybody hold on wait a minute let him talk <laughs> hey 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 well especially don't you, go far you were playing a character that was kind of open to the recruitment not all the way i mean he never did join the evil yeah i thought about obviously. it but no i never did but he had enough of like wait let's hear what this guy is doing let's not yeah. just throw a fireball at him exactly and that was a and then again, that comes down to players. When you have a good player that does want to hear out the villain, and there are times where you should throw a fireball at the yeah. villain. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to, you know, demonize fireball. Fireball's great. It's a ton of fun. But you don't want to have that be your only way to solve a problem. Yeah. Uh, kind of going on that, as far as like characters, I think a lot of people watch like Critical Role and immediately go, oh, like they have so much fun. And yet they also realize that they're improv actors and, and their whole mindset is to make this a great and thing for everybody. They're and they're stellar at what they do. Yeah. They're all voice actors that are super talented. But I've never seen a D&D group that plays the same way as theirs. Yeah. So when people think that that's kind of the law, they fall into, a lot of people call it the Matt Mercer problem or the critical role problem where they're wondering why their group doesn't feel like critical role. Yeah. And it's cause it's, it's very different. They, well, and I think if you go into the mindset of being an improv actor and making this, uh, this session work. Yeah. It's a lot different. Cause a lot of guys go in and they, like you said, they're murder hobos. They're like, uh, yeah. what's that? I kill it. <laughs> that I can kill it. Um, Which kind of gets to a bigger problem of making sure your whole group is all on the same page. Yeah. Cause that's the thing with critical role. It's uh, seven people in the DM. They are all, on the same idea of role play as the main focus. Yeah. They're basically an improv class. So they're all improving off of each other and it's great. 
Uh, but if one of them was a murder hobo fireball throwing, you know, all you yeah. need is kill, it would just the whole dynamic would fall apart. Exactly. So having that, and again, you're you're probably going to run into that just because obviously it's so uh, common that most people. I mean, it's memes. Everybody talking about that because it's hard to just get you know x amount of people to hang out every week. But I think if you get in the same mindset, I think it's. It helps to just get everyone on the same page. Yeah. Of are we going role play heavy? Are we going combat heavy? Story heavy? You know, some exactly. combination thereof. Um. So, yeah. So I mean, again, you, you. It all depends on your players, what kind of villain you're going to make, because that depends on, you know, how how you're going to make a personal connection. And then something we usually do, we usually have a DM and a co-DM, and usually that co-DM does like a minor villain right um which can kind of entice a certain character um to you know maybe you want to talk to him or he has like a different connection with him that maybe he's you have villains that are based on people's backstories that are specific to yeah them. so a character's brother or you know the person that trained them or whatever exactly all of those kind of specific things you just want to be careful they don't overshadow the main villain yeah because the main villain has to stay the main villain. yeah depending on how involved you want them to be too it also depends on is the main villain are they the goal is the whole point to kill them to stop them are they just an obstacle are they in way in the way of what you're actually trying to do or are they more of a rival? They're trying to do yeah. it before you are, and it's just a race. Which that was that um, in that uh, one that we were talking about, where it's the old guy and he's like making chimera and all that stuff. That's the what he kind of was. Mad scientist, very much a rival. Yeah, he was he a was, rival. He was trying to get to the same ends we were just before us. Yeah. Well, and this is actually a good way that uh, I was able to get around it because I'm not, I'm very simple minded, right? I'm not as smart or like. Uh, uh, no, I don't even want to say manipulative, but uh, like <laughs> better at it manipulating players. So manipulate, it doesn't matter. So I made one that was based on what I call the um, game master, right? So this is, and this is actually a good way if your characters like to fight big beasts. This was kind of like my wraparound way around that because we had characters that always want to be like, well, I want to fight a dragon. It's able to create them in like a hypothetical yeah. situation. So it's a very like illusion-based yeah. character. So I made him kind of like a deity and his whole thing was games, right? So all he did was play games. So I would do like, um, over here I have some of the uh, Jenga and they would all have a different piece. So you would pick a piece and they would have a number on it and that would uh, tell what kind of all the animal. characters are kind of pulled into an illusion yeah. and they play some sort of game with this deity who just kind of likes to have fun. Exactly. And that character was not the villain. The villain was the vir- the rival. The rival, yeah. In these games. The was, game master himself was more this, you know, ambiguous deity that was on yeah. either side. Well, and he would kind of push it. So the whole point was this game master said, if you keep going to these areas and um, – playing my games eventually you'd get your wish granted so he had like several groups going after this because they want to get this one wish grant everybody'd get their wish granted it's right? a very wizard of oz concept. yeah it was a very wizard of oz which actually everyone is trying to get to the goal to get their wish granted and so, that's why the rival is heading in the same direction exactly so you had this rival that you didn't like and you're constantly trying to beat him he's getting ways of like trying to beat you and it was a really good way of again getting it where you can put a character in there but it wasn't like like i said your last one his uh, the main villain i remember was grevin and he was very much able to talk with us and have these really long conversations and it was awesome when um 
when I even did our last one, I would very much have to flex my nuts every time my, so I, I made a paladin cause is I wanted him to be able to pass saves because one thing that is a problem is people with, uh, magic they're immediately going to throw if they don't throw a fireball they're going to throw something else right that's like oh i try to make him stupid or whatever and so i was like okay well i gotta like manipulate a lot of these ways because i can't you know get my characters to actually focus on one thing um so that was that was a, a part of it but again going back to kind of like if you don't want him to overshadow um so having it where this guy hates your one villain but not your other is uh another problem in and within itself because again you don't want to again you don't want to overshadow but at the same time like we had one hold <sighs> hold, hold your thought for a second because i got a noob question here um, go for it, it as a vi- are villains like part of the storytellers all the time or can you be a villain as like one of the characters or do your characters like the ones playing not dming do you always have to be like a hero or a good guy or can you as in the group of people, can you be the villain? So we've actually made we've well, done a couple. Of we've evil done campaigns. a couple of evil campaigns. Our assassin campaign was an evil campaign. That was like a borderline evil one. I mean, that one the the good guys were evil and the bad guys were evil. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. so it was both people were bad, right? Both sides were murderers. Um, so I mean, it was not. <laughs> we made one that was our uh, our villain campaign, right? And it was amazing. I I played an anti paladin. He played a goblin that used that bombs. It was it was awesome. Those are hard to make last longer. It's kind of the same yeah. reason they don't make movies where the main character. Well, they do, but they make less movies where the main character is the villain. Yeah, where he's bad. But like in a general it. session, though, you wouldn't have like uh, so one of you two or you two are DMing, and then you have your group of six or however many players, and yeah. everybody's typically good. You wouldn't have a villain amongst them, typically, right? Or, typically, no. Typically, no. It could be cool to do though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it likely wouldn't last beyond a session, but if you wanted to have a really cool one-off session, you could have one of the players in on it. They're the villain and none of the other players know, and that would be really great. Well, and so we've actually done a DM where, again, I play when he DMs, so I'll be the main DM, and every once in a while when he co-DMs, I'll play a player. I've had that player, his whole goal, I mean, not, not his whole goal, right? I knew his end story because I'm running the whole campaign. Um for the main story does that make sense anyway so when he's running his stuff <laughs> no i know my character at the end is going to betray the rest of the party you know right? yeah you know where that's what i mean is having one player that's kind of in on it you're yeah. so they to, know where things are going and can did you say you're going to exactly. portray the rest of the party or betray the rest of the party? betray okay yeah that okay that makes more sense you said portray and that's like that's no, weird. i said betray you just can't hear um <laughs> So when you betray, yeah. So mine was to betray. So you're, you're portraying be, a character that will betray. betray the rest of the party. <laughs> oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, I got you. You got me now. Okay, we made it full circle. Yeah, catch up. Um, so that there is that right. You have this uh, character that I knew that was going to betray the rest of the party. Betray the rest of the party, and so I mean, he's not really a villain because again, he did nice things and he was with the the party. But eventually, I knew he was going to betray the rest i, I would uh, say that's a villain 
It is a villain. Yeah, it is a villain. Yeah. It's a fairly rare scenario, but it is interesting. That's and you can do neat. a lot of cool stuff with it. I think that would be pretty fun if you had someone like sneaking in the crowd there. But like you said, once that person's revealed, then what would you do with him it's after? Done. They, they're killing the party or the party's killing them. Exactly. It's, it's over rather quickly. And you could do a really fun like Among Us style session. It just likely wouldn't go past the yeah. session. Um, exactly. And that, that's really where it comes down. We had um a lot of times i want to do an among us session no where'd my camera go you're disappeared now i'm the main attraction Woo! all right you make yourself big (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i have that control (laughs) jay's got that control sometimes cameras are the Mm. one now you're back did it come back yeah we're good look people Shit doesn't work all the time. Sometimes we have a green screen. Sometimes our camera don't work. That's that's on us. Okay. In, in progress. Yeah. Look, not everything can work all the time. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think the the there's a very different problem between. <laughs> you want to go fix that while I talk? Yes. Uh, there's a very different problem between <laughs> one-off villains and campaign villains. One-off villain, you got a lot more versatility as far as you can make it a non-speaking beast or a member of the party or all of these things campaign you got to figure out how they can you can't just save them for the last session when it's a year-long campaign they're not really going to care about the main villain if they don't see them that whole time so you have to give reasons why they can't i think you're sad battery jerry yeah me too. keep going just keep talking because people can hear you i can audio hear you just good. fine yeah, the yeah. <laughs> we just switched the laptop cam uh, oh yeah, we could actually switch that. That's fine. Here, you just keep talking. Uh, he talking. actually has it. He actually has a little webcam there. If he wants to plug that bad boy in, I know that functions well. Oh, that too. Yeah, you could let him know that. I'm sure Jerry, he's not hearing me. I know. <laughs> I was hoping to just plug in the camera. Oh, that's so this isn't. This is only 1080p. Technical difficulties. There's got to be. Don't we have like some background music you can play. Oh, where's his? Uh, hit his little button that gives the want want. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong button, but it's just spitting. No, the other one. Hit the other one. Hold on, you settle down, baby birds. I'll get you. <laughs> I look good. Boom. Hey. It's closer. Same thing. We're good. Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. First quality, I'll just have to buy a six-foot cord. We're going to do that right now on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to do it right now. So uh, what were we just talking about before I was so rudely? Yes, but we're part of that. (laughs) Um. I can't remember something about villains. I I was talking about the difference between a one-off and a campaign. That's what it is. There's very different obstacles. A one-off, you don't have to worry about the why don't you kill problem because you can just yeah. have them run into them once. You can have it be a beast because no matter if they can't talk, they're just a big beast causing a problem. Campaigns, you have a much bigger challenge on your hands because you want the villain to matter. And granted, you don't have to have a vain, main villain. Uh, we mentioned Critical Role. They often don't have an overarching. It's kind of a meandering story when it comes yeah. to Critical Role. They go on for years, these long campaigns. And 
they'll have villains that kind of arch over several sessions and then they die out and then there's another one or there's a gap of nothing. You can do that as well. You don't need a main villain. I I really appreciate main villains because they give it a real clear focus and a nice beginning, middle, end. It's a nice like, okay. more like a movie. Exactly. And I like having that nice arc of here's the problem. Problem got worse. We solved the problem. I think a lot of people when they talk about like uh, there's the two different type of um, campaigning where they're like, okay, you either put people on a railroad as far as like you're, you're, you're directed in this position. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. Or you're sandboxing is what they call it. Yeah. And you can make that a whole conversation in and of itself. But yeah, yeah, I agree. The sandboxing, the balancing act of uh, sandboxing, you really have to be good at like enticing characters with a villain, even if, even if it's only over a couple of, so um, for, for, for the uninitiated sandbox would mean you can kind of do whatever you want. You put players in a town and say, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And they can go, they can go rob the bar. They can go buy armor. They can go find a cave They can do whatever they want. And you just completely put the world in front of them and say, what are you guys doing? Uh, railroad is where it's a very inline story where you kind of say, here's the quest of the night. Yeah. And if they don't want to do it, you're like, Oh, why are we playing? <laughs> it's just a very, Hey, you're heading to this. You're doing this for this problem solved. Sam, you kind of want to balance those too yeah. heavy either way. It, players tend to reject it, uh, myself included. Yeah. Uh, where if you're if you're complete sandbox, it sounds fun at first. A lot of people think sandbox sounds like the more enticing. So you can do whatever you want. It's creative, but it it usually means the DM is prepped nothing. So yeah. there's kind of this nothing world in front of you. It's like, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know. What can I do? Like, is there a place well, to go? <laughs> when we had uh, the guy, the a different of, DM, a different DM who did that. Every time I would play, I'm like, why am I here? He was very sandbox, and it felt like there was no point. Yeah. So he would say, what do you guys want to do? And you're like, uh, what are our options? Exactly. You're kind of deer in headlights of like, is there a thing for us to do? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a video game that has no rules but also has no content. Exactly. And you kind of want to balance that of like – if it's too railroaded, everyone just feels like, hey, why don't you just tell me what happened? Exactly. Clearly, when, clearly, I have no choice. So, you know, you can just read us a story. <laughs> well, we actually kind of dealt with that with a different DM of he would just be like, you're doing this. And you're like, but why would we do that? You know yeah, what I mean? Really, really unmotivated choices. Exactly. You're, you're just told, hey, you guys have been, uh, you know, hired to do this. Like, yeah, but I want to do that. It sounds dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then when we're like, oh, we're not going to, he's like, well, then he meets you. Because like instead of his work it around, it's like, he meets you in the bedroom. And we're like, <laughs> what? That's what like, a you, pervert. You want to look at things from a how I like to do it. It's not the only way. There's a ton of ways. But to me. No, there's only one. <laughs> to me, I like to think of it as how can I trick the players? <laughs> it's a little, it's the sociopathic strategy. Yeah. But I think of how can I trick the players into choosing what I want them to do rather yeah. than how can I force them to do it? If I want them to go investigate this cave, I'm like, how do I motivate them to do that on their own? Yeah. Not how do I tell them, hey, tonight we're going to a cave or, hey, what do you want to do with anything and hope they choose the cave? But you're really good at that. We've do, we've done plenty of missions, especially in that Grevin thing where we do it. And then you're like, dude, you just gave the bad guy like all this power. And we're like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you constantly have to think, you know, several steps ahead of your players and think of how, you know, if I want them to give this to this person, how do I make them want to do that? Yeah. Not, not how I force them. It's just how do I make them think that's a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's like a really good, you do a good way to job. Go. 
it's a good way to go about things because if you can trick your players, it becomes way easier where it feels like sandbox, but it is railroad. Yeah. And it it finds that balance on its own because they feel like they have all this choice, but they're doing everything you want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> I usually try because, again, I'm not as good at the manipulation thing as you are. So a lot of times what I do is I try to just plan two sessions and I'm like, well, they got to choose one of these two because otherwise we're just going to sit in a bar, which I'm cool with. That's but. another good strategy, though, where you have a, hey, do you want to go clean the, clear this cave out or there's this tower over here? And yeah. you've, you've planned both. Yeah. And if they don't do one, you can kind of reuse that content exactly. or something later. But you do have both ready to go. So yeah. they, that's really fun as a player because then you get choices that matter. But you do still have content. You can yeah. pick a place and, you know, there's a map, there's creatures, there's stuff. It's not I pick the tower and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. session's but, over fine. then. Okay, yeah, well, like I guess we're doing nothing. <laughs> um, like I said, there's been some that have been close and I'm like, oh, we're just going to jack off in the middle of a bar. Um, but there has been some, like I said, I usually plan both and then I usually have like if you do one, um, there is – repercussions for not doing the other first right and same and, and vice versa right so you know if there's oh hey this princess is in the tower or um people are getting killed by goblins well if you go save the princess then um obviously more people are going to die from the goblins i mean obviously there's not always a negative i'm just this is just an example right um or but if you go kill the goblins well now this princess is dead because she was kept there and she was you know what i mean like have not a negative i don't think you should always have a negative because then people are like well then fuck i, I could do a negative you don't right? only want negative motivation but sometimes having, it's there's treasure there you, exactly. you have positive motivation but having too. like repercussions of like things that happen in the world because you made a decision repercussions is the right word yeah, yeah. repercussions for decisions so if they make the right choice they're rewarded for it if they make the wrong one they're hurt exactly for it. and so, so you know, maybe that affects them. Maybe it affects the town. Maybe it affects NPCs yeah. they care about. And that's, that's the, I think that again to go on the sociopathic route, find the things they care about and threaten them. <laughs> <laughs> so if they care about an NPC, that NPC is not to too big of a level. Again, it, uh, we actually had remember um, we had a DM who immediately just kidnapped one of your NPCs. Uh, and was like, we better go save her, otherwise she's gonna die. And we're all like, <laughs> what? Um, no, yeah, you want to be careful that you're not destroying other people's stuff. Yeah, exactly. you're not ruining someone's story by threatening things. So you yeah. want to be careful of. It's got to feel like natural motivation. It can't be super abrupt and weird. And like, how did they steal them in the first place? Like, how exactly. did this happen? It's got to make sense first. Yeah. Well, especially but, I think at the time, the character that they stole was probably just as good as us. It, it so, didn't make any sense. Yeah, it didn't yeah. make any sense. And I think that's a big part. Going back to villains, I think villains are an easy way to motivate. Because if you can make them hate the villain, like hate yeah. the villain, it's the easiest motivator in the world. You can literally just say, oh, he's been spotted there. Yeah. And those players are on their way. Yeah, they, exactly. They, a villain, when you properly make them either hate the villain or, again, if it's like a rival and they want to beat them, you know, beat them to the place or beat them be better, all you got to say is they're there. Well, and the or, players are... I mean, not even that. It could be like, oh, the villain... So, like, in your Greven thing, the, the main villain's Greven, that you could have a villain going, I don't know, this guy was there, his name was, like, Kevin or something that rhymed with that, and we're like, that's probably Greven, everybody's mind. Those, those players will kill Kevin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are you Greven? And they'll kill him. Yeah, and that's um, like a good villain. It's not only a good story thing. It, just, it can tie a story together really well, but it's an ultimate motivator, which makes it a good DM tool to use. Yeah, You can really tie a story together with a target or exactly. with a rival that they want to beat or 
you know, something where they it just immediately hate that guy and they have to, you know, they gives them something to point their fireballs at. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you have that. That's uh, another one really is like, are they alone, right? Do they have people surrounding them that are miniature bosses that can lead up to a main villain, right? That way you can give them, you give your characters like a, a plus uh, to killing somebody to killing one of the main bad, but not killing the main bad. Especially because that can be the problem with one villain is it's very unsatisfying. If you keep running, if you, as a, as a player, if you keep running into the main villain and you can't kill him, obviously, because you don't want the campaign to end on session three, if you're trying to make it last, you know, nine months. Uh, So you don't want to constantly blue ball your players though. If they keep running into the villain and they can't, you know, can't finish them. Yeah, yeah, they can't get that big vin- that big finish. Uh, <laughs> they're eventually going to start to lose uh, motivation because they, you know, they run into them and they're if they know, okay, the campaign's going to go around, you know, roughly till level fifteen. Yeah, and they run into the villain at level seven. They're like, oh, we just sit down. We know nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you don't want to give no stakes to the run in. Yeah. So you, it's it helps to have minor villains where it's like, okay, the main villain has these two companions and they can, you know slowly throughout oh you know at level seven at one of the run-ins they got to kill one of the yeah and then you you don't know if it's going to go that way you got to leave it somewhat up to chance based on their decisions exactly but if one if they get a good play where they run into one of the rivals one of the lower villains and they're able to kill them the your whole party is going to feel really good about that and it's going to just reinvigorate them to go after that main villain. exactly well and uh it was kind of along that though is like variety is key right so if you're going to make That's three it. different villains for this campaign or eight or whatever in your next one you got to make them different don't do repeats yeah, especially do back repeats. to backs oh yeah especially back because you don't yeah. want it to be like oh well this is the same kind of thing and kind of if the main villain of that. one campaign is a demon don't do a demon again exactly <laughs> do um anything else anything else uh it, that's something that I really, like I said, on our last one, again, Grevin was a sorcerer. I chose a paladin to try to kind of offset that his, uh, their goals were completely different. One yeah. was our immortality. One was, was like conquest. conquest. I mean, they were exactly. very, they were very different achievements. I know that's actually achievement. another way that I, it, so in this one, and with the one with my paladin, the paladin only makes it up to a certain level. And then you go into hell and you then face, face different bosses. And the final boss, you know what I mean? Like, so that's so casually. You go into hell. Yeah, you, you, go into hell. hell. Yeah, you know, as you very, do. Very Dante's Inferno. Yeah, Dante's Inferno. Um, you go into <laughs> Which hell. Which is your favorite, that's, right? Well, you guys never been? You, you just said you guys should try DMT. This guy named Joe Rogan <laughs> told me about DMT and how everybody should do it. Meet Satan. So um, maybe I would love to do it. I would love to re- – well, I want to do DMT, but I want to record it to see how I act. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me write this down. <laughs> DMT. Do it. On cam. On oh yeah, on cam. Oh, let's uh let's do that one before two guys and one cup. So um those are the ones I think we should do. I'm excited. Yeah, no, I think about the two dudes and one cup. Oh no, a DMT, got it. Um so <laughs> uh yeah, anyway. Uh. That is uh but villains, I think the right way to look at them is not just – they become a multi-purpose tool. It, well, multi-purpose thing. Uh, they're a good story structure. structure. They're yeah. a good tool for the DM to motivate players with. 
they're a good thing for players to feel rewarded. When they kill the villain, it's this nice, cathartic, that's when you know you won the campaign. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice when you like return the item you were supposed to bring back or something. But it feels it doesn't compare to when you slay the beast, when you yeah. kill the dragon, when you cut the head off of the villain, when you get you finally get that spell off on the main char- the main villain and you've defeated them. It's a satisfaction that I think a lot of other things in D&D can't match. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of satisfaction. Mean, the, the classic is treasure. Uh, you know, you run through a dungeon, get the gold, very Diablo-esque. And I love that too. Yeah. It's right up my alley. But it's a lot more quick fun. Not It doesn't have that same satisfaction as when you kill the main villain. Yeah, you oh, can, yeah. Or even the more minor ones. If they have, you know, lesser lieutenants and you defeat them, it is a very satisfying feeling. So it's a good thing to tie a whole campaign together. I think it's very hard to run a campaign without some sort of villain. You can have it where it is some sort of challenge in a more person versus environment or whatever, but I don't think it's going to feel like the same nice cohesive campaign. This may be the like inner nerd in, uh, in, in me, but, uh, Yes, blue balling a villain to finish. Yeah, we that's that's what we do, Crimsy. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's that is one thing that um, that I think that I, like you were talking about, uh, you know, treasure versus villains. This may be the inner nerd in me. I've had the hairs on the back of my neck stand up from killing a, a villain. That's like we're just like. Yes, or, or we're treasure. I'm like, oh, that's when cool. You, even when you get close, but don't. Yeah, when you almost got it, but then they teleport away. Still, one of my favorite moments in D and D. So, uh, one thing that we use in our D and D games, I don't know if everybody uses, is what's going on with that. But you know, get on our level is we use cards for twenties uh, and ones, right? So when you roll a natural twenty, yeah, they're fairly get, common. Like critical, critical hit, critical miss. So yeah. if you roll a twenty or a one, they're they're not always they're optional, but and they're fun. They're they are a lot of fun because they're they, they give add you a little a, spice. They add a little spice, and we had one where we're fighting this guy, and somebody else rolls a natural twenty and cuts off the leg that I'm holding on to, mm. and then I this grab it as a monk, and I bash the I kill he, the guy with his own leg. He had the tavern brawler feet, so he can, he's proficient with improvised weapons, so he was able to use the leg to beat the man to death yeah. <laughs> with his own leg. It was so Mortal Kombat. It was very yeah, uh, it Quan, was, Quan Chi Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Four. It was just fatality. <laughs> fatality. Uh, not, not to go super deep cut nerd, but uh, yes, yeah. it was very Quan Chi. Very uh, cool. Too late. And that moment will always. It's not just when you guys killed that villain, who was a villain from the beginning. But it wasn't just that. It was you killed him with such style. Yeah, exactly. And it was such a like that's like your character's definitive moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and even when we killed the main villain in that, it was a spell that ended up getting him. And I remember the girl who casted the spell looked at us with some of the most joy I've ever seen a human she, being. She had tears. Yeah. Real tears. I made a player cry. <laughs> it was such a weird thing that you're sitting there going like, and you were just as excited, but now looking back on it, I'm like, she probably wouldn't make that face if I made her if I like gave her a winning lottery ticket. If she had opened, <laughs> you know what I mean? She'd be like, "Oh my god!" But it was such a like, "Oh, oh my god!" I just got him because you also the, a big thing is you spend such a long time building up to it. That that campaign was yeah. what a year. Came, long? It went about a year, and that campaign you guys did get fairly blue balled of running into him a lot. Yeah. And then there was always reasons why you either didn't want to or couldn't kill him. Yeah. 
uh, so it it made sense and you didn't feel robbed by it. But it was finally like, okay, we know this is the end. The gloves are yeah. off. He's sick of you. You're sick of him. There's no more reason to hold back on either end. This is where it ends. Is very blue ball- clear. Is blue so balling an actual? She was able actual- to get that spell. I can't remember what it's called. It's like stone form. He turned. Yeah, into stone. he turned into stone. I can't think of the name of the spell off the top of my head. Is blue but, balling uh, an actual term? Yeah, it was. Blue. No, 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 no. It wasn't that one. He, you mean she made him, and then she turned him to stone. <laughs> <laughs> she. Uh, she, <laughs> she made him stupid. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but it turns his intelligence like a three. <laughs> and then when he's dumb, people uh, went up and turned him to stone. But it was a nice – he'd been counterspelling the whole combat yeah. and really trying to put things off. And I kind of started shifting gears from defense to offense. And so I didn't counterspell one spell, rolled a four, and that was what ousted it. And that was when she turned back to the party with tears in her eyes. Yeah, well, and that, and like I said, it was uh, one of those things that it was such a because that's what it was. And then we turned him to stone so that he would. Wow, yeah, because yeah. it was a temporary spell, but it was enough to be able to walk up and get whatever you want. He couldn't save. We hated him so much, which gave you the perfect trophy too. And this was just a great, but per chance. But then you have him as a statue. Yeah, which is so cool. <laughs> um. I did enjoy that because then we had him in our trophy room. Of it was the actual villain, not a, you know. Obviously, it's, we didn't it's pay a money. statue of him, but exactly. he literally is the person exactly. as well. I, I want to say we did take out the back of his head, like the whole. You guys drilled back. a hole in it yeah. to make sure no one could fix it. <laughs> yeah, definitely wasn't so that we could make love to the back of his head. So, um, <laughs> like you do, anyway. That's, you that's true victory, right? But, <laughs> I mean, really, how much fun do you want to have? Um, so that was a really good ending to a villain. Like I said, you do get that like hair stuff. There's, yeah, there's no satisfaction like defeating a villain. Or even when the villain gets away, there's no bigger motivation than like, next time I see him. <laughs> God! <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's like, as you think of any good story, they almost always have a villain. There's exceptions. Don't get me wrong. You can also have things like, Moby Dick, his white whale. You can have this like unachievable goal. That's a good way to go as well. But to me, the easiest way to motivate players, get everyone in the same direction, give a lot of satisfaction, villains. Have exactly. a good villain. Really um, put a lot of work into your villain. I uh, thought it the was the only thing that I would say that is a little bit different is uh, that I've had that I've run into was so again we had that hell campaign and at the very end. We had um, the devil. The devil. You go to fight the devil. Well, you have the option. You have the option to fight the devil. You get you you fight your way through. It's, again, it's very Dante's Inferno. The only way out is to go deeper. Yeah. As you get down, you fight through the levels. Very fun. And each level has its own personality, its own run-ins. It's really great idea. And then when you get to the end, there's there's an out. You yeah. can get out, or you can go face the devil himself pretty implied that it's <laughs> yeah but that's the thing i think a lot of players think that oh if i fight the main villain at the end i will win and, and, and that one was fairly implied that it was an un, it was an unwinnable fight it yeah. was basically if you thought your character i was what i you were the dm in that and i was one of the players and i chose to go face the devil but i had no i had no expectation yeah. of victory in fact i was certain that i wasn't going to but I had that my character had kind of done everything he wanted to do, and he didn't want to feel like he was 
copping out or leaving. Yeah. He wanted to go face it all the way through. It was kind of a, he set himself on a path that he wanted to finish. And he knew what that finish very likely was. Yeah. And, it, and that's how it ended. <laughs> but, but the other two. So <laughs> when you asked, like, you know, do you guys want to go? You know, one one leaves. And then the three of us all. Well, I said, I'm like, no, I'm going to see this through. And the other two, because I said that, were like, yeah, us too. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. you're going to die. You're going to die, though, right? <laughs> and they had very strong expectation to defeat the devil. And it, it, that, that does come with the whole manipulating players. You can kind of let them know. I feel like you made it more I than made it, I made it pretty uh, clear. Made it, I'd say you made it more than clear uh, <laughs> that, you know, it's literally the, the devil. devil. <laughs> <laughs> you know that guy that rivaled God? Yeah, yeah that guy. And it, we are, it wasn't like a super high level campaign or, and we were high level, but nothing absurd. Yeah. Nowhere near where we could defeat all of hell like yeah it, it would have made no sense we'd already found like workarounds to get to where we were like we were already out of our depth yeah at that point and it was a very clear like do you want to go meet your maker i mean obviously not yeah. <laughs> but do you want to go face it even though you won't win and that was the question and i think they just kind of misunderstood the question i was very satisfied with the ending because to me it was this do you want to go face it? and i was like absolutely and I got wrecked, but it was the best death, best character death I've ever had. That was a really weird campaign for me, though, because all my characters died at the end. Where I was like, okay, so at the end of the night, we go. Yeah, all the players died. All the players died. I'm like, yeah, yeah. all right, guys. So I, I was happy with it. To me, was, well, I, that was the thing. You were happy, and I'm sitting there going, like, yeah, but you can tell the other two were like, hey, we do. <laughs> fuck. We got to like level six of hell. I, those who aren't familiar with Dante's Inferno, those are the levels of hell that represent what sin you have committed in life. You go to that circle. And Dante's Inferno, the character, travels his way down the levels. So that's kind of the model we were following. So we went through all the levels. We got to like level four or five. And I had kind of a sector like, I don't think my character's coming out of this. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think he has accepted. His sister had died and we found her on the level she was in. Yeah. And he... God, you were able to send people back or choose you kind of choose their fate and he was able to send her back because she was wrongfully in hell and then after that he didn't really care he was yeah. pretty disconnected with at this point he feels like he's kind of where he deserves uh, especially going through violence that circle of hell because it really represented his whole life so yeah he kind of had a concept of that's where i belong yeah. and so when the option comes to face the devil he's like you know, that's where I need to go. That's my ending. And I think the other players saw it as like, let's go kill the devil. And I think it just kind of comes down to, again, expectation versus what you're going to get. Yeah. And uh, and that one, as long as we're talking villains, the devil was not the villain, main yeah. villain. I mean, that was the thing is that one was not a that was not a thing dangled above us that we got, you know, denied at the end. Yeah. The devil was always... I mean, it's the devil. It's always like an, an ephemeral idea. And at the end, it's a big word. <laughs> an odd thing. There you go. <laughs> That's more me. Those get, get back to blue odd, ball. Three letter words. It, was, it was an intangible. Oh, that big word. That was bigger too. What the f- <laughs> his, his Something you couldn't just kill. It's not. There uh, we go. I got that. Yeah. It's more than a man. And yeah. that was the thing is I think the expectation to kill that was unreasonable from the yeah. get go. And I think that's another good thing of setting player expectation 
is what is a reasonable like just get an idea of what is a reasonable expectation for them and what is a really stupid expectation for them. Yeah. So I think they're if they think they're going to slay dragons by themselves, just one guy cut the head off an ancient dragon and drag it back to town. You're like, eh, you know, we're just really not at that point. Yeah. And that's kind of stupid. I do. And remember- it would make dragons really dumb. Yeah. If it just like a townsman could just show up with, you know, his short sword and exactly. behead them. Well, then you don't get to add other characters that are as power uh, that are good at you, and then you're like, well, why wouldn't anybody else do this? I do remember when you fought when you fought the devil. There was you gotta get. I remember <laughs> the devil. Um, I remember after we're looking at both people and uh, both, uh, both is it not me? The other two? Well, no, 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 yeah. So I look at the other two, and they're just like, we got screwed, and you had a smile on your face, like I took two hits. That was the thing. they got. <laughs> So they got killed in one hit, and I survived the first hit yeah. and died on the second. So I at least got one swing of my sword on the devil. You did. Yep. You you got to hurt I, him. I just drew a little blood. Bit. Yep. And that's all I cared about. I survived the one hit, and then he crushed my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was that was satisfying in and of itself, like to be able to have gotten to that point. Not to defeat him, that's just super unreasonable. But the fact that I got to the point where I could even face him yeah. was an achievement in and of itself. Well, and like I said, I remember that look on your face. You were pretty happy, and they were just oh, like, I was, and you were like, is, yeah, dude, yeah. I hit him. It's the best character death I've ever had. And I've had characters die. I mean, that was a that was a big one. And it was one where we had plenty of villains before entering hell. Once yeah. you were in hell, the goal had shifted from villain defeat to escape hell. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean by person versus environment is you can have a situation like, oh, you're in hell. How do you get out? Yeah, exactly. And you don't need a villain from that point. Uh, you do still have the implication of the, 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 the but you don't need to have it a defeatable enemy. And those are good. Vi- you can have that situation with villains, too. Again, super satisfying to kill your villain. So it yeah. depends on how long you blue ball them, too. If it's a couple of sessions and it's an unachievable thing, you're <laughs> all terrible. Good. But if it's something where the whole campaign, they're just like salivating to kill this main villain, they better at least have the chance. I oh, mean, yeah. again, if they make a dumb decision and they can't, that's on them. Yeah. But you got to at least give them the opportunity. Yeah, you can't just keep blue balling them. To not... defeat that villain. And same with rivals. You can either have it where the rival switches to a defeatable enemy. Really good example of a rival that they don't necessarily want to defeat. Here's a good uh, nerd example yeah pokemon (laughs) (laughs) the old pokemon games professor oak's nephew gary gary yeah yeah yeah. but is this his nephew right yeah this is nephew uh in that he comes out he's a total shithead yeah and uh you know he had what you gonna do and he he goes to fight you if you were to just say shank gary (laughs) (laughs) he's your like professor oak is kind of your guy in charge if you were to murder his nephew (laughs) you might be in trouble yeah (laughs) i would say your your pokemon training days have come to an end uh i don't know if prison exists in that world but I, i would assume you would find out do they they never show prison 
No, it's mind. never really introduced. They but should totally you, do you would that. Assume it exists because you know people are sick. Someone's well, I, people make love to animals. You know, people are making love to Pokemon, and I'm assuming it's illegal. That's gonna say like Team Rocket, you know, like some existing things. But yes, no, yeah, Team Rocket does evil stuff too. Pokemon bestiality, I'm sure, is a thing, and yeah. it would be punishable by prison. You would assume. I mean, well, I don't know. You if, don't you, just... if it's your Pokemon, is it is it your? Pro- no, you can't have sex with are your own Pokemon dogs, and those property? are property. Yeah, but you can't have sex with your dog, and that's property. Uh, anyway, My, we've got off the real good point so that I was getting to is Gary is a really good example of you can't just kill him. Yeah, when he's in your way, and he's this shithead, and you you hate him, and you do want to defeat him, but you can't just throw a fireball at his head. Yeah, you can't just tell your Charizard to burn him. Yeah. You have to defeat him, you know, per the rules of combat because there's societal reasons why you can't. It's a really good way to make your villain unkillable by rules of the universe rather than unkillable by skill. Yeah. You beat Gary every time you see him. Unless you suck. The first time I think you don't beat him, right? Don't they make him pretty hard to beat the first time you fight him? He's just super effective against you. Yeah. He He always picks it. Yeah. He picks whatever Pokemon is super effective against yours. But uh, you can beat him every time. And it, it's still he's still a shithead you want to beat every time. Yeah. But you never kill him. That's the thing is that's a good use of a rival style villain. You don't want to do that same strategy for where the whole point is to kill him because yeah. then you just will. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <Like> Gary. <laughs> exactly. Gotcha. You just shank him in the alleyway and then you're like, nah, I don't see him. But uh, when it's a rival that you want to give them reasons why they can't, having in a similar situation where it's like, oh, he's the nephew of your mentor. If you go to your mentor and be like, oh, by the way, your nephew's a real jerk, so I slit his throat. <laughs> that might go over real poorly. <laughs> I mean, you don't know until you try, but yeah, that might go poorly. <laughs> but you can only try once. You can only try once. That's true. <laughs> so uh, to me, that's a good example of a rival where you can run into him a bunch of times. He's always a nuisance. He's always a really good motivator because you're mm-hmm. like, well, I got to get there first. I got to be better. I got to defeat him, and I got to move on faster than he does. And so he's this constant motivator. But he's not the big bad problem. So you're still going for a different goal. And Gary is just always, you know, either one step ahead or one step behind or right there in tandem with you. And you're just constantly trying to stay ahead. Yeah. And that's, again, we've kind of talked about different ways to go about villainry. Villainy? 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 They're both words. Villainy. Anytime you're going for the V word, we told you how to do it. Bad guyness. Bad guyness. <laughs> um, that's uh, honestly that's kind of our way to do it. Um, obviously, let us know on uh, Facebook or YouTube. Comment down below. Tell us how there, uh, you there guys are do countless things. other ways to do it, and yeah. I appreciate hearing other people's because I've tried a bunch and I'd like to try more. Yeah. So if you have a good way of doing that, please comment and let us know down below. Uh, Mac, I saw you texting me. Love you. Um, also, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, how would you get? Let me know what you guys think about the, the shirts and Shame, stuff like shameless that. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. Whatever. Um, so those are great. Uh, please, again, like, subscribe on Twitch, follow us. Um, if your mom will let you put her credit card info, please subscribe to that too. And uh, ask after. Yeah, ask after. It's always better to ask for forgiveness than for permission, right? So mm-hmm. take your mom's credit card and start. Um, I think that's illegal. <laughs> if it's no, don't then. We're obviously, it's obviously kidding. We're obviously kidding. So it, we're obviously kidding. Don't do that. Um, but seriously, it's Fortnite outfit or me making it makes me happy. So uh, this is like a real life skin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will. Um, 
Anyway, love you guys. Again, comment, subscribe, and uh, again, shameless plug. So, love you guys. Bye.